Sabbath. Who needs it? Years ago, one Sunday in this very congregation, we had a visitor from St. Gregory of Nyssa. She taught us a liturgical dance to do as we left the service that morning. And more than one person was overheard to say, as we tripped over kneelers and stepped on each other's feet, doesn't she know we're Episcopalians? Now, if the synagogue leader in today's gospel lesson had been in the congregation that morning, he would have been right in there saying, exactly. What the synagogue leader wants, and what many of us want, is to worship with reverence and awe, and also good, decent order. No ruckus, no surprises. For most of us here, that means on Sunday morning when we come to church, no loud hand-waving praise or embarrassed giggles. For other communities, it might mean loud hand-waving praise and certainly not quiet composure or liturgical patterns with the predictable words. In either case, though, We know what we like, what feels like Sunday worship for us, what is right and proper, and that is what we want. I have to sympathize with the synagogue leader. He was entrusted with an important role in the community, and I'm sure he took it very seriously. I'll bet he thought about how to ensure a meaningful and reverent Sabbath worship all week long how to help others to learn more about their faith, give God thanks and praise, and enter into the mystery of God. And then what happened? God showed up, and in a really obvious way. Through Jesus, a woman was healed, and now everybody's jumping up and down. They're so excited. What's he going to do? It can't be ignored or hushed up. The poor guy, he must have been really frustrated. So much so that he didn't even notice how bent over and stiff he had become. He can see exactly where he's standing, and that's all he wants to see, all he needs to see, all he thinks anyone should see. It's like, ah! It really is a pretty funny story, and sad, and familiar. Dancing? It is so much easier to embrace religion than it is to encounter God. That's a quote from Paula Darcy's book, A New Set of Eyes Encountering the Hidden God. It is so much easier to embrace religion than it is to encounter God. And yet, isn't that why we come to worship? Maybe. Sabbath worship, Sunday worship, is not the only place where we encounter God, of course, but it does serve as a good example of how we can become so attached to the familiar and the customary We can miss what's right in front of us. 
The synagogue leader says, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, not on the Sabbath day. So, okay, what's Sabbath for then? And there are two basic reasons given in the Pentateuch and the first five books of the Bible for Sabbath rest. The first is tied to creation and holiness. Creation was completed in six days of work and one day of rest. We give thanks for our creation. Remember, we were created in God's image and acknowledge the holiness of God and the holiness we each bear by virtue of being made in God's image by living according to the same pattern. Six days of work, one day of rest. The other reason links Sabbath to the experience of being freed from bondage in Egypt. To quote Dorothy Bass, slaves cannot take a day off, free people can. When they stop work every seventh day, the people will remember that the Lord brought them out of slavery and they will see to it that no one within their dominion, not even animals, will work without respite. Sabbath rest is a recurring testimony against the drudgery of slavery. That's what Jesus is referring to in his response to the indignant leader. She's been set free from bondage. That's what Sabbath is about, receiving and giving thanks for the gifts of creation and liberty. Jesus must have been feeling a little frustrated that day, too. Christians add another layer onto Sabbath, because at first the Jewish Christians kept Sabbath on Saturday, and then Sunday was the Lord's Day, a little Easter every Sunday. And if Saturday was the seventh day, well then Sunday became the eighth day, the day of new creation the day of resurrection. But as Gentiles joined the church, it was decided they did not need to keep the Jewish Sabbath. They only needed to keep the Lord's Day. On top of that, many of the early leaders in the church taught that through Christ, the nature of Sabbath itself had changed. Now, instead of a specific day kept separate and holy each week, the Sabbath is the eternal rest we always have in Christ. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And in the new creation, we stand before the throne of God. And in that place, all time is holy. Now, as the years went by and Christianity and Judaism separated, some Christians developed traditions that said Christian Sabbath is just like Jewish Sabbath is just moved over one day on the calendar. But still, no matter which way you looked at it, the purpose was to continue to remember and thank God for our creation, our liberation, and our resurrection. And to remember that God is God and we are not. 
the planets and the stars continue to move without our help. The actual practices for observing Sabbath have, for both Jews and Christians, varied with the circumstances. Are we in Jerusalem or Babylon? Is this the first century or the 21st century? Are you Orthodox or Reformed? And would that be Jewish or Christian? Or is it something else? In each case, the forms may change, but the reasons for observing Sabbath remain the same. Thanksgiving for and enjoyment of the gifts of our loving, liberating, life-giving God. And along the way, at every place and time, there were plenty of people who became more fixated on the form of the worship and the Sabbath observance and completely missed the purpose. If you want to check out some rather funny examples, simply Google Puritans Sabbath-breaking. For example, William Blagden, who lived in New Haven in 1647, was brought up before the court for absence from Sunday meeting. He pleaded that he had fallen into the water late on Saturday, so Sabbath had already begun, and could light no fire on Sunday to dry his clothes, so he had lain in bed to keep warm while his only suit of garments was drying. In spite of this seemingly fair excuse, Blagden was found guilty of slothfulness and sentenced to be publicly whipped. That'll teach him. (laughs) Quakers, too, had problems with the blue laws in those days. They did not like the Reformed Church, and they paid a lot in fines to help support it. They were fined in great numbers for refusing to attend the church which they hated and which also warmly abhorred them, and they were zealously set in stocks and whipped and caged and pilloried as well, whipped if they came and expressed any dissatisfaction, and whipped if they stayed away. There was not much release of the captives going on in New England at that time although it sounds like there were quite a few sinners finding themselves in the hands of some sort of an angry God. Of course we say, but that was long ago, and we aren't like those people. But on the same web page, I found this. In Belfast, Maine, in 1776, a meeting was held to get the town's mind with regard to a plan to restrain visiting on the Sabbath. The time had passed when such offenses could be punished either by fine or imprisonment, and so it was voted that if any person makes unnecessary visits on the Sabbath, they shall be looked on with contempt. Looked on with contempt. Oh, that does sound familiar and current and sad. It's so much easier to embrace religion than it is to encounter God. It is so much easier to hold others in contempt than to open ourselves to an encounter with God. Why, I don't know. But it is.
Well, I do kind of know why. To be prepared, willing even, to encounter God, we have to give up our pride, our sense of knowing what is best for everyone, and knowing we are right, and by extension, they are wrong. And that's hard. Maybe that's why observing Sabbath time, however you happen to need to observe it, is so important. And another question, is the familiar bad? Well, of course not. Can you imagine what it would be like if every time you got in your car to go somewhere, you had to negotiate a whole new and unfamiliar set of traffic regulations? No one would ever go anywhere. Customary and good, decent order. They are good. The security of what we know can still those internal worries of not getting it right while bringing us back to the center where we know we have encountered God before. Just the memory of those times can be enough some days. But encountering God, encountering God is unpredictable, noisy, silent, measured, shattering. It is a consuming fire of continuing creation that is totally out of our control. And what is asked of us is that we put aside pride in what we have learned and made part of our self-image and instead be like a little child. Sabbath time helps us open the eyes of the heart. It helps us become quiet enough to hear and see each other as unique images of God, to let go of our pride and our oh-so-protective contempt so we can hear Christ saying to us, you are free, stand up, stand up and praise God, and maybe even want to dance? <laughs>